you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox here with you. It is Friday, November 20th. Appreciate you joining me. Last day of the bye week before TCU starts preparation for Kansas next week. And I guess it is worth noting that UT and Kansas got postponed on Saturday because Kansas was having COVID issues along with some injury issues of a certain position group. Um, Now, we haven't heard that there's going to be any problems that would carry into next week, but with contact tracing, usually it's a 14-day quarantine for high-risk contacts. So it's it's worth wondering if that game is going to get played on schedule. The hope is that since some of the issues with that position group is injury, they can get some of those guys back uh, this week and get that game in. And am I the only one who gets really nervous when they play Kansas just because it's a no-win situation? I mean, if you win the game even by 50 or 60 points – it's like, okay, that's what you're supposed to do. And if you lose, like they did in that in Lawrence a couple of years ago, well, let's not even talk about that. But if you lose, it's just embarrassing, and it sticks with your program forever. Case in point, Texas lost to them <laughs> in the Charlie Strong era, at the end of the Charlie Strong era. And, of course, they'll never live that down. But TCU Kansas supposed to be played um, a week from tomorrow next Saturday. In this first segment, I want to discuss some things that I'd like to see from this TCU team coming out of the bye week. In segment two today, we'll look at the Big 12 schedule. Just two games are going to be played, but two games with uh, some pretty big implications in the league race. And then in segment three, we'll actually talk some TCU basketball because it's starting uh, in less than a week now. Five days, TCU men's women's basketball is going to get underway. So let's discuss those teams and what to expect moving forward. But first, let's get into, okay, you got two regular season games left, possibly a bowl game, maybe a 10th regular season game, even though that's looking less likely with SMU and Houston getting pushed back and some of the scheduling issues that the Ponies might have towards the end of the season. I mean, the the first thing that I believe everyone wants to see, and it's super obvious, is is this offense going to figure out what they want to do? Now, I guess you could argue what they want to do, or at least what they're doing right now with the personnel they have and wherever Max is health-wise, they want to pound the rock and run the football and then use that to take the occasional shot down the field and run some quick passing game concepts with screens and those sorts of things. That's obviously not working. Now, you would hope that that won't really matter against KU, but what I would implore the coaching staff to do in this Kansas game is work on this passing game. I mean, it is just abysmal right now. Like, there's no rhythm to it. The timing's off. Max looks inaccurate. He looks uncomfortable. Everything looks like it's off schedule. So try to find some sort of balance and rhythm through the air because you're going to need it um, against Oklahoma State. You're going to need it in 
a postseason game if that ends up being the case. So take some shots down the field. And, you know, the only two routes in the route tree are not just screens and fades. There's there's some stuff you can do over the middle in the intermediate passing game that might be nice to try. But just figure out how to get into a better rhythm offensively because you're so one-dimensional right now that it's killing anything you try to do on that side of the ball. The second thing I'd like to see is this young secondary continue to improve. I actually thought they held their own pretty well against West Virginia. You know, C.J. Caesar got away with a couple holding penalties or maybe pass interference penalties. That's okay. I'll take that. I think Travis Hodges Tomlinson has had a good season overall. I mean, he's had moments, um, but you're going to see that with young corners, and he's been asked to do more maybe than he expected going into the season. The loss of Noah Daniels was huge, but can they continue to improve? Uh, Can guys like Caesar go from looking completely lost in that Tech game to being a serviceable player? Uh, Can Tomlinson, you know, by the end of the season, look like a possible future number one corner? And I'd love to see more from these safeties. I mean, these aren't young guys. Uh, Merrig and and Darius Washington were preseason All-Americans. And they've been fine. You know, Merrick had a, a tough game against West Virginia. I'd argue Washington's had a below-average season just by his standards. But can those guys make some plays in the passing game and in run support um, to make a big difference in, in these final few games? And, you know, the last thing I'd like to see, and this is sort of vague, but I just want to see some progress I feel like we're, with TCU football the past couple of years, we're just stuck in neutral. It's either you're beating teams you should or you're losing what feels like winnable football games. And I I just like to see some sort of change up, some sort of commitment to innovative and new ideas that would give me hope that this coaching staff is still trying to find ways to push the envelope and put their players in the best position to win. Can you upset Oklahoma State? I mean, that would be a huge deal. Can you at least stay competitive in that game? Are you going to be able to score a little bit more? Give me something going into the offseason or going into you know, an exhibition game at the end of the year that makes me feel like this is still moving in the right direction and this is not a team that's stagnant and just, you know, hovering around 500 every single year. Coming up next, let's take a look at the Big 12 schedule. But before we do that, let's talk about Coors Light. you got a good college football slate this weekend. Indiana, Ohio State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Bedlam, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. So what are you going to be drinking? What what beverage are you going to be enjoying when you get that chance to chill out and unwind? Why don't you grab an ice-cold Coors Light? Coors Light's literally the drink that's made to chill. It's what I choose when I want to unwind. It's uh, it's the official drink of uninterrupted me time, of getting a chance to relax. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill, and you can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. 
want you get on your computer right now. Go to get.coreslight.com. Order some Coors Light. Get it sent straight to your door. Please remember, as always, to celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you. A Friday edition, taking you through the last day of the bye week. Uh, just a couple housekeeping things before we get going here in segment two. First off, I'm, I am going to do a podcast next week, but it will only be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I'll remind everybody about this throughout the week. But I'm going to take Thanksgiving off and then Black Friday off. And hopefully we'll be you know, rejoining you uh, that next Monday to discuss a big win over Kansas. But um, there will be a podcast the first couple of days of next week. And then going into the Thanksgiving holiday, I'll take a few days off before getting back at it the next week. So appreciate you supporting me. November is my first full month doing the podcast. So thank you for all of you who are subscribed. Uh, subscribed, excuse me. And if, you, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, I'd encourage you to do that. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you try to listen. And the cool thing about that is um, when the episodes go up, which is usually at 6 a.m. in the morning, it just downloads straight to your phone. You can listen to it anywhere. Um, you can pull it up in your car. You can pull it up on your way to work, on your way to the gym, during your workout, whatever it might be. You can just uh, find the Locked on Horn Frogs feed on your phone and then start playing the episode. And I'd encourage you, if you're enjoying what we're doing, to uh, just let your friends know, let your family know, anybody who you think would be interested in a TCU podcast, let them know what's up. Because, uh, again, doing this for about a month now, and would love to continue to grow the show. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Simcox Steven. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on TCU. And if you want to tweet questions at me or comments or constructive criticism, I'm open to any of that. So interact with me and I'll try to get back to you um, on Twitter or we'll answer your question or address your comment on the show. Okay, Big 12 weekend, only two games, another pretty light slate in the Big 12. And the first one, I didn't realize this, this is what they were calling it, but it's a fantastic name. Apparently, they're calling this game Farmageddon. Man, that's a beautiful name for a potential rivalry or just a, a couple conference foes matching up. But Farmageddon between Kansas State and Iowa State. Um, Iowa State's an 11-point favorite in this one. And, I mean, I get why, because this Kansas State offense has looked so much different with Will Howard in at quarterback. And Iowa State's defense is salty. They're at home in Ames. I know that doesn't matter as much with the seating capacity, but still um, it's it's worth noting that the game's being played in Ames. Brees Hall, best running back, one of the best players in the Big 12. Brock Purdy has been pretty up and down. He makes some really head-scratching decisions. But I feel like ultimately Iowa State's going to be able to control this game by running the football. K-State has a really good defense. And they've been able to stay in games because of that. They stayed in that Oklahoma State game probably much longer than they should have because they just kept getting stops, forced a few turnovers, made plays, put their offense in good position. I'm going to go with Iowa State in this football game. But it should be a fun one. And Iowa State's sitting there at 5-1 and one in the Big 12. They're trying to stay on pace uh, to get in the Big 12 title game. K-State's now 4-2 and two in the league and four and three on the season. They've hit some tough times. I said it before. I don't want to harp on it too much. I feel like that loss to K-State is going to be the one that TCU looks back on and says, man, how did we 
lose that football game with a true freshman making his first ever career start. Just couldn't score enough points to win that one. But Iowa State, K-State, that game is at um, 3 o'clock, and it's going to be on Fox, Fox National Television. So it should be a good one. And, again, just a fantastic name. They're calling that one Farmageddon. But the headliner this weekend is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It's a 6.30 kickoff. It's going to be on ABC. OU ranked 18th in the country. Oklahoma State ranked 14th in the country. Uh, the Pokes are 4-1 and one in Big 12 play, and the Sooners are 4-2 and two in Big 12 play. I- I've said for a couple weeks now, I feel like this thing is opening up for Oklahoma to sneak their way back into the Big 12 title uh, game, and this is the way to do it. You knock off Oklahoma State, you get that tiebreaker, you basically get a game up on them with a couple games to go, and you're in the you have the inside track to get to the Big 12 title game. OU is seven-point favorites. So a couple matchups to watch in this one. One, Oklahoma's been able to get to the quarterback uh, with their defensive line pretty much any time they want this season. So can they do that and disrupt Spencer Sanders? Because Spencer Sanders is the weak link on this offense. They have weapons all over the place. Chuba Hubbard, uh, Tylen Wallace has been fantastic. They have some other weapons there on the outside. Sanders is the is the guy that if you rattle him, force him into some bad decisions, he's going to give you a chance to uh, to slow that offense down. So can OU get pressure? And then this Oklahoma State defense has looked much more legit this season. Can they slow down Spencer Rattler, who seems to have fallen in a pretty nice rhythm now? Um, OU has some great wide receivers, great young wide receivers, unfortunately, who can make things happen. I expect this even with the improved defenses that both these teams have been putting out there. I think this is going to be a track meet. I think this is going to be a high-scoring football game. I like OU to win it. I feel like they've been building towards this for a long time, and they just caught a couple teams. You know, that, that was a weird comeback against Kansas State and credit them for getting it done but they basically had to play perfect football in the second half and they did um, it blew a game to Iowa State on the road and it seems like the Cyclones even though they had that opening season loss to Louisiana is, is really really good um, or they are a really really good football team so I, I think the Sooners get it done and we're sitting at, I mean, I know it's boring. I know it's not exciting, but we're going to see OU in another Big 12 title game in a few weeks, even though it looked like they were left for dead. And they probably would be left for dead if Texas could have found a way to win that crazy overtime game, but they could not do it. Coming up next, we'll talk some TCU men's and women's basketball. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. They make fantastic protein bars. They have a couple new flavors like lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, carrot cake, and cookies and cream. I really love the cookies and cream flavor. Also, they have their original flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. Can't go bad with pe- can't go wrong with peanut butter, banana bread, or the double chocolate. Uh, and if you're wondering, man, Built Bars they they do sound delicious. But what's the nutrition value like? Well, they're healthy. That's the good news. Is it's only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs. It's good fuel for your body. And if you go to 
builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on and get 20% off your next order. The built bars are really good to eat before a work shift, before a workout. Get built bar protein bars today, they're more delicious than ever. Welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs. Steven Simcox here with you. And as hard as it is to believe, we are less than a week away from TCU basketball getting back in action. Exciting night last night for the program as Desmond Bain gets drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies, 30th overall. He does end up being a first-round pick. The men start the season in Fort Worth against Houston Baptist Wednesday, November 25th, and then they play in the Hall of Fame Classic that next weekend. They'll get Tulsa on November 28th, and then on Sunday they'll get the winner of the uh, Northwestern-South Carolina game. And this should be a fun men's team. I mean, expectations are not super high. Um, They lost a lot. Obviously, you're losing Desmond Bain um, from last season, so that's going to be a huge hole to fill. Desmond was a scorer, a great leader. But some exciting freshmen in this class. Eddie Lampkin from Katy, Texas, big physical post player, 6'11", 300 pounds. They call him Baby Shaq. He's going to be fun to watch. Mike Miles, freshman from Lancaster, was player of the year in 5A basketball last year. So excited to see what he can do. And then some of these returners, I mean, P.J. Fuller, came on towards the end of the season. And, yeah, he was pretty limited offensively. It seemed like all he could really do was dunk, but he's athletic. He can jump out of the gym. He can make plays. So if he can settle into a better rhythm, and, you know, he's not a great jump shooter, but he doesn't have to be if he can get to the rim consistently. And if he can find a way to do that this season, I think he's got a good chance of being a really good leader on this team. Um, you know, R.J. Nimhard has played a ton of minutes. He's got a good shot. He can he can create his own shot. And obviously Kevin Samuel is your guy in the post. He did not get any preseason love for the All-Big 12 team. I was surprised about that. He was incredibly uh, consistent last season. And he plays on both ends of the floor really hard. He's a good rim protector as well as, you know, being able to score in the low post. Good shot blocker. So he's going to be a leader on this team. Francisco Farabello um, probably ends up being your starting point guard. He got a ton of experience last year, playing a bunch of minutes as a freshman. And another name to watch, Chuck O'Bannon Jr. His father, Ed O'Bannon, um, was the man who brought the case against the NCAA for using you know, name, image, and likeness and video games and everything else. Uh, so he's a transfer from USC and he's going to need a chance to make an impact right away. So the men, they start on November 25th against Houston Baptist before going and playing in a tournament. And they'll also get Providence on December 9th. So that'll be a good test for them non-conference wise, South Carolina and Northwestern, the winner of that game. That'll be another good test for that team. Jamie Dixon has a way of even when these teams don't when, when his teams don't have high expectations, uh, making things interesting. So I expect him to do that again this year. Um, 
they've carved out a niche of being a postseason team. Now, it hasn't been the tournament all the time that we want them in. They've only made the NCAA tournament once, but they've made the NIT a few times, and they've made some good runs. So, TCU basketball looking to improve. They're picked to be at the bottom of the conference, but we'll see uh, how that goes. The women coming off maybe one of their most successful seasons ever. It's still such a killer that they couldn't play in the NCAA tournament. They had worked so hard for that. They had been on the doorstep, had made some runs in the NIT the last few years, and they were in, man. Like, they were going to get selected. They were probably going to be a five or a six seed and had a good chance to win their first-round matchup. And then, of course, everything happens with COVID-19, and they can't play. But their season also is going to start on November 25th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon against Incarnate Word. Then they play Central Arkansas that weekend. And then you hit conference play. So there's not going to be much of a ramp up. Um, You're going to get thrown right into the fire. This team is different than last year. Um, Now, the good news is Lauren Hurd's back. And she's a great scorer. Uh, She can score. She can shoot the three. She can get to the rim. She's a complete package. And she's going to be fun to watch. Also, Michelle Berry is coming back. This is, I believe, her fifth year of eligibility. She's a grad student. But once you get past those couple of players, I mean, Yummy Morris had some significant minutes for them last year. But they're going to miss, I mean, they're going to miss Jade Woods. They're going to miss some of that production that they lost from last year's team. And this is going to be a different group um, that's on the floor. Aja Holmes, freshman from Cibolo Steel. We'll see how many minutes she gets. You know, Patricia Morris, uh, she played some last year. Does she play more of a role? Obviously, things are going to be led by Lauren Hurd, but this team finished second in the Big 12 last year. They lost a lot off that off that team. Can they come back, rebound, continue to stay ahead of? I mean, listen, like Baylor is the standard in women's basketball in the Big 12, but can the Lady Frogs stay ahead of Texas, stay ahead of West Virginia? stay ahead of Iowa State like they did last year. That's going to be key as Reagan Peebley continues to build this program and tries to recruit well and get excitement around what they're doing. Um, They also start on November 25th against Incarnate Word. So it's about to get real busy, but exciting times. Football team's got the bye week, but now they're about to get ready for Kansas. TC women's basketball and men's basketball is going to get underway um, this week as well. So perfect time to subscribe to Locked on Horn Frogs. Perfect time to talk to your friends about Locked on Horn Frogs and let them know that there is a daily TCU Athletics podcast that's part of the Locked on Sports Network. I will talk to you Monday. Thanks for rocking with me on the off week. My name's Steven Simcox. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.